Hello, Fecal Face listeners. This is Andrew. And I'm here in the studios with Mr. John Tripp, of course. And Tim Kerr. <laughs> Tim Kerr and Rich Jacobs, who are... Well, Tim's in town, and Rich recently moved here, but they're both doing a show at Needles and Pens on Saturday. And uh, we thought we'd have a little chat with them, and they're going to play some music for us that they've recorded. And, uh, I don't know, just have a good time. And right now, we're actually listening to one of Tim's bands. It's called the Total Sound Group Direct Action Committee. All right, so. I thought we'd turn around and ask you guys questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everyone has to get kind of close to the mic. Yeah. Yeah, pull it up closer. This isn't loud enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> All this right, is on, so. This is on. <laughs> give a little background about these guys. Um, Tim's from Austin, Texas. He, uh,. Kind of what you'd call one of the original skate punks. I don't know if he'd like to be labeled as that, but um, his band, The Big Boys, was pretty seminal in in creating what you'd be called what you'd call skate punk. Um, I first heard The Big Boys on a the first Thrasher skate rock compilation. I think I bought it in 1988 at the Turf Skate Park in Milwaukee when I went up there one time. But um, what song was on there? Red, Red Green. Green. Yeah. Um, I bought that in sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so <laughs> and then Rich Jacobs, who who is an artist and curatorial heavy hitter, I, I'll call him. He's been he's been curating art shows for probably over ten years now um, under the name of Move, which I think started. When did that start, Rich? It started ten years ago, almost exactly. Uh, first one first one um, which he sort of uh, if I'm not mistaken sort of introduced the world to people like Barry McGee and Thomas Campbell and stuff like that sort of what people would call street art nowadays maybe I don't know about the world but I definitely helped bring some of those people to LA a little bit but I, I don't want to take more credit than I deserve <laughs> <laughs> Barry uh, obviously didn't really need my help yeah or Thomas or any yeah. of those guys but uh I just wanted to show, basically, you know, people that were, where I was living what uh, I liked, and it wasn't happening. Kind of in the same way that Tim probably, you know, put on big boy shows. We put on an art show that things that you know wasn't happening otherwise, and just wanted to see it. So, yeah, just put on shows. Yeah. It's just the same energy, you know, <clears throat> doing that. Totally, it's DIY. That's right. right. <laughs> well, so. Um, these guys sort of have a, a similar theme or like feel to what they're doing in their lives. I think um, I I, I kind of call them like provocateurs or like instigators. They uh, you know they they organize well. You know, Rich organizes these shows and you know brings these people to the world that you know maybe people aren't aren't so you know haven't been so exposed. And um, and Tim, I think more so like. In his artwork, um, you know, shows the, the, the world like um, teaches people about uh, 
you know, these unsung heroes throughout history that maybe people aren't so aware of. Um, well, it's also just the idea that everybody that was doing stuff like Rosa Parks didn't do that to be famous. She did that because it was something that needed to get done and then became famous because of that. So mm -hmm. it's basically that, that idea that pretty much any of us are capable of that. So. I'm going to make a little interjection. We all got to get a little closer. A little closer? Yeah, if you don't mind, sorry. So, um, hello, hello. With that, how did you guys, you guys first meet? I think the way that we met was probably face-to-face. -face, you know, <laughs> in a parking oh, lot. No, you were no. like turned to the side. And I'm kind of going, hey! <laughs> we met probably through music and probably through art as well. I think I had a art show in Austin and I said if anyone from the big boys comes oh, yeah, in right. tell them that they can have this drawing for free what what year was that yeah. when it's like mid 90s because I was yeah. recording a band it was a sweatbox right across the street from uh, what's the name of that place uh, which is Tim's recording studio Camp Fig was Camp across Fig, the street yeah. and so Brian had gone over there some of the band had gone over there taking a break and gone over there because they were having an opening yeah. and uh, Brian comes back and he tells me that uh, he said, okay, well, they told me if anybody comes in here from the big boys, they can have whatever they want. And I was like, what? And he's like, no, I'm serious. You've got to come in here. So I, uh, I go over there and, like, <laughs> looking at this art. And, uh, you know, they come up and tell me that. I'm kind of like, I'm like, I can't take people's art. Like, what? You know, who is this? Like, give me an address or an email or something, and I'll trade him. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, I'm not going to just take this kind of thing. So I ended up taking a piece, and uh and they didn't have your email because I don't think you had email. I didn't do something. email back then. Yeah. I don't remember how I finally. I think you got a hold of me. Chris Sherry was putting together a compilation that was back, basically a reissue of the comp that Spot had done called mm -hmm. Recollections. He's reissuing it. Spot is the the guy who uh, recorded like Black Flag, the SST guy, Minute Men, mm -hmm. all those Misfits, bands. a whole bunch of bands. But uh, uh, you know, what the hell, yeah. <laughs> Who actually still lives in Austin, right? Yep. And plays music. Plays Irish on music on banjo and it's unbelievably great. And actually, Talk about we're underrated. On, we're not on major radio, I can say he plays fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> He's super, super talented. Nice. But he, he put out a compilation of kind of rarities and outtakes of Tim's old band. And, and Chris Sherry is also an artist and does a lot of, you know, t-shirt design for bands and so forth that people have probably seen. But... He uh, was putting together a reissue of that compilation with some extra stuff. Asked me and Neil Blender and a couple other people to do some artwork for it. And of course, it was an honor and a privilege for me to have anything to do with it because Big Boys, you know, right. obviously meant a lot to me. So, up. so after you guys first had your guys, initial I'm meeting, I'm sitting in here. Yeah. <laughs> Tim's face is bright red at this point. So after you guys had your first initial meeting, how long was it before you uh, were in an art show together? Because it seems like you guys I have. I can't remember exactly what the first thing was. I know that I asked him to be in a show that was at a. Museum of Contemporary Art in Virginia Beach. Which well, you was asked a, me to be in some drawing show. Yeah, there was uh, a drawing show in, first. Uh, L.A. At New that Image Art. The and then the, and then the yeah, there was a there, there was a major skateboard exhibition that I helped curate with Marcia from New Image Art, and you know, everyone had forgotten conveniently to include Tim, who was probably the oh, first no. skate artist. Yeah, totally. well, see, that's the thing is, like, I've been doing this stuff for a pretty long time, but we just never, like, even to this day, I don't put my name on the bottom. Mm -hmm. I put your name here. Yeah. Because I kind of figure if you're looking at the bottom of this thing to see who made it and mm -hmm. you see your name here, totally. it's kind of like, well, that's, you know, that's what are you my, doing? Like, yeah. you know, you should be doing this too. That's my thing. feeling why you guys are instigators, you know. <laughs> I feel like 
when you walk into a room and you see a room full of Tim Kerr's art, it's just full of people who have done amazing things. And it's sort of like a celebration of, of all people, not just like yeah. of Tim Kerr or, or what he's doing. It's like, wow, look at, look at all these people and all the rad stuff they've done. I should be doing something rad too, you know? What am I doing? I mean, but, uh, uh, you know, we're kind of, you know, I'm probably the oldest one sitting in this room right now, and it's kind of living proof going through all the old DIY stuff, but you really don't know what's going to happen next because nobody expected punk rock to end up what it is now, you mm-hmm, know, kind of mm-hmm, thing. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're kind of living proof of you really don't know when and where you're going to influence somebody. No, you and do it. all of us do. You, right. know, you do a fanzine and you expect ten kids to see it. and. hmm it, it's a lot further reaching than anyone ever expects. You know, mm-hmm. I I know doing zines when I was a little kid, who, who would have ever thought, you know, mm-hmm. you put out a tape, you're in some really small band, you never think anyone's going to hear it, but right. you, that's the thing, I guess the, the lesson learned is that you put something out in the world and it takes on a life of its own, you, you know, you put a piece of art in the world and who knows how it gets distributed? Yeah, you, you know. Don't. I mean, that's <laughs> the kind of beauty yeah. of it. So ends yeah. up in fanzines in France, and yeah. Thurston Moore sees it and puts it on his record <laughs> cover. You know. All right, I hate to be like a, a you know a nostalgia peddler here, but I, I think I'm just going to play one song by the Big Boys just <laughs> to like let people maybe if they're not familiar with them, you know. Also remind people that they can email in the questions. Yes. At news at peoplebase.com. People, please email in questions if you have any for. Tim, oh, oh, San Francisco. Tim, Tim's almost matching the color of his shirt right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is uh, this is the big boys. This is the this is Tim Kerr and the big boys. Sorry.
changed the words to Minor Threat was the world's greatest band. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of Cockney Rejects. Yeah, so that was Fun, Fun, Fun by the Big Boys. And, um, yeah. Tim <laughs> just told us a pretty great story, but <laughs> it was off the air about this whole festival called the Fun, Fun, Fun Fest. That why do you want me to tell it again? Yeah, why don't you? <laughs> um, they have this festival in Austin called the Fun, Fun, Fun Fest, and it's basically, they took the name of that song because, you know, that song's basically kind of just saying who made the rules that you have to listen to one specific thing. And so it's a pretty great thing. Graham puts it on, and they have all kinds of bands like DJs and, you know, punk bands and alternative bands and just all kinds of stuff. And um, so last, this year, uh, Ted Leo was playing, and we're real good friends with him, and James is now playing guitar with him again that used to be in, uh, uh, when all was he in? He was in uh, Nation Ulysses and, you know, those kind of bands and stuff. And, uh, but anyway, so they wanted us to come see him, so we'll put you on the list. So we go up to the gate, it was the last day of it, it was near the end of the day, and we go up to the gate, and uh, there's big, long, kind of lunchroom-looking tables and stuff, and, and there's a woman sitting at one table, and then there's a bunch of empty chairs, and another guy sitting at one. So I go up to the woman, and I'm saying, um, well, we're on the guest list, we're on Ted Leo's guest list, and my name's Tim, and it should be Tim Kerr plus one, or Tim and Beth Kerr, or, and three chairs down, there's a guy sitting there, and he turns to me, and he's looking, and he's like, weren't you in the big boys? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, and they're not letting you in this thing? And I started laughing. I was going, yeah, kind of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> That's great. So so anyway, back to the, the stream of you guys being sort of having the same vibe to your artwork and all that sort of thing. You guys both ironically have move in your email yeah. addresses like which is and that's and that was your the name of your zine right rich i mean yeah yeah we, before we'd ever met we started realizing that there's all these similarities and paths that we should have crossed probably sooner yeah what what uh like i was i was kind of like doing some internet research on on move and i was like you know i i saw that it was like this uh anti-technology grassroots like black organization from philadelphia, yeah, philadelphia. is yeah. that was that yeah. what uh your inspiration Actually for that not. title was it's or what was I, it? I wish it was something that uh noble it really <laughs> really actually just started off being uh you know really simple concept based on you know, I did a zine and it was basically all the things that moved me and uh -huh. meant something to me and so inspired like and, and uh, influenced me. You know, things that I liked and things that I wanted to see and put out there, like we were talking about earlier. And uh, zine was <coughs> a way to make that happen because, you know, you could go to the Xerox right. machine and do it for pretty cheap. What about you, Tim? What was your... It was the idea of moving forward yeah. because uh, that's kind of a big important thing to me. And... Um, because I keep telling people all the time that I'm super proud and humbled by everything that's ever happened, but I also hope that I haven't seen the best thing yet. Yeah. So, uh, and then it was part of the thing mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. that, that they, I mean, the thing about a lot of those groups that's really funny is like, even if they're really a fucked up group, they'll have one kind of sentence or one statement that is just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, pretty and inspiring. Kind of like yeah, that yeah. Really makes it. And, one of the and a lot of atrocities usually happen well, they, under that, the guys or something like. Well, a they would get cult or something. they would get uh, arrested all the time because their whole thing was that um, 
you know, there was so much, um, you know, violence in the world and just, you know, horrible language and all this kind of stuff. And everybody was getting so upset about it that really what ought to happen is you ought to just cuss and everything out and just, you know, just put it out there more so that right. people would be more, uh-huh. you know, influenced. And, and uh, so they would get arrested all the time because they were always doing loudspeaker stuff in the neighborhood and keeping the neighbors up and all this kind of thing. And, and uh, they had a whole guideline of how you were supposed to act in court. Uh-huh. The movie. Was, yeah, yeah wow. and, and there's a really great book called Burning Down the House, and if you read that, you uh-huh. can read about all this stuff, and it's a pretty great book, pretty interesting, but the court thing, the, the first rule, which is so great, man, it's like, um, um, I have the right, the, the what is it, the... Um, can't remember exactly how they write it, but basically what it is is that the, uh, you know, you have the right in America to the freedom of speech. Uh-huh. So if I have the freedom of speech, then I can speak freely in this court. Uh-huh. And if you tell me that I'm out of order, then you're out of order because you just went against your law uh-huh. that you've made that you have the freedom of speech. I mean, nice. just that yeah, kind of, yeah. you know, it's, it's really wow. great. Really. Wow. Part of the concept too is just to to not stay stationary, mm-hmm. you know, not be stagnant and stale out like a lot of, you know. This gonna. I'm not trying to preach or anything, but a lot, well, a lot of art talk louder. <laughs> a lot, a lot get of, on the pedestal and like really goes. Yeah. A lot of people get get into something like punk or whatever industrial music or whatever it is, and then they, you know, I kind of liken it as like you walk into a house and close all the doors and like. Mm-hmm. I, I always I always looked at it like you know what there's there's a lot more out there than just one thing. If right. You, if you can't open the window and see that there's other things outside mm-hmm. of that little world, then like, I don't know. I just, I, it's, it's kind of like staying, staying open and staying, uh, not jaded, I guess. Sure. Well, it's also like that analogy of like you go to the cafeteria and you only get the one thing every single yeah. time when there's yeah. like all this other stuff and there yeah. may be some things that you might like better, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if you don't ever like open up to it, so. you're never going to know, you know, so... So, so move is what you want. You're urging people to move and to uh, to do yeah. things, yeah. Which and is also kind of a reminder to yourself to yeah. move. You know, the simple like directive to, yeah. to get off uh, your, your lazy side and, right. and do something. That was sort of like the the big bir- <laughs> big boys credo, which was uh, I mean, it, well, what are you doing to participate? Right? Was well, who, actually, the who big coined that? I mean, well, the big boys one was basically go start, start your own band, band. Okay. and uh, which was because I heard uh, Ronnie Bond from Really Red in the store one day this kid came in to buy a record and just you know anonymous kid uh-huh. walks in and when ronnie sold him the record he goes when's your band gonna play yeah and the kid looked at him and just had this really odd look you know and you could see like you just planted a seed uh-huh, in this kid uh-huh. that he might that might even be yeah. an option uh-huh. you know kind of thing and i thought man that's pretty great that's yeah, cool man, that's powerful. so then we started like on everything we would put go start your own band right you know which right. which a lot of times it was really funny because some people took it as being like you know texas you know badass attitude yeah. like uh, <laughs> you know fuck you go start your own band you know yeah. kind of thing but yeah. it, it was more uh-huh. you know that uh-huh. so when the when you know big boys were done and then i was in other stuff we just i just changed it around because that was kind of the big boys thing so uh-huh. i just changed it around to what are you doing to, to participate and just you know so it's more broader yeah. thing yeah. You know, so. that's cool um so do you, I mean, do you guys say that uh, skateboarding has a lot to do with where you are today? And like, you know, what was your, what was your, uh, what, how did you get involved with skateboarding? Skateboarding changed my life, man. Yeah, I know. It's, a, it's cliche, <laughs> but I hate to say it, it's kind of true, you know, in a It's way. weird. It's weird when you're a kid, you don't, like we were talking about earlier, you don't realize, you know, the kids that you're exchanging tapes with across the world that 
you'll know 20 years later. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't realize that, you know, the kids you used to trade skate zines with, you're in art shows with 20 years later and things like that. You you do what you do when you're a kid and you don't think about that kind right. of stuff. But there's no question that I wasted most of my youth <laughs> skateboarding. And, and I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed about it. Like, I really met a lot of awesome friends through it. And well, then it's not wasted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, according to my parents or, you know, anyone else. But I, I really think that it's, 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 as corny as it could sound, I know for a fact that, you know, if you're a shy kid, it, it helps. Like, yeah. for me, I wasn't into sports. I was into skateboarding. I could get a lot of my thoughts together skating with a friend or mm -hmm. by myself. It didn't matter. And I don't know. I mean, I, I know for a fact that, it, the skateboard could be your life. <laughs> <laughs> it it basically helped me realize that you could be creative, and a lot of a lot of my friends who were involved in skateboarding have gone on to do you know movies, films, uh, all sorts of other creative endeavors that are inspiring in different ways. You know, but there's I don't know. It's weird. You look at other sports, and it doesn't seem to have that. Well, because it's more of a single. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, just not, a it's, it's not, just not a team. It's not a team sport kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. But even even if you uh, no no disrespect to surfing, it's it's like if you look at surfing, there hasn't been as strong of a force towards creativity. I feel like. But Tim, you started surfing first, yeah, yeah. didn't you? So you better watch it. No, <laughs> I know. no and, and I and I I agree that there is a solid. But no, I know what feeling. you're saying. But it it may just be I don't know what that is. That's actually a pretty good. Have a caller call in and tell us why <laughs> that. Um, because I don't know, that is kind of. An odd. I think it's an older sport. Yeah. Yeah, but you would think. Yeah, but the thing, but the deal is, it's like you know, there's kids surfing now. So how come yeah. those kids? I think aren't right now there's more creativity and surfing. You know what I'm saying? Like in comparison to people that been. are skating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that people like a, Thomas and Barry are avid surfers. You know, like uh, Kevin Ansel. There's people that are definitely creative. Margaret and all those people were amazing artists and surfers. But it's 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 rare or you know like alex cops and some of those kids now are are pushing it and i think mm -hmm. they're teaching kids that are surfing to to go for it but all those kids you know thomas was a skater first and i'm not trying to say skating's better than surfing or anything right. like stupid like that it's just it's well, just know, interesting wonder, you know y'all were talking about thrasher doing the the you know there was always like a little art section and yeah stuff there was there. a section that there, would say like that? Do i haven't looked at surf and, magazines in so long do they do that maybe that's part of it you yeah. know that the, the thrasher and those mm -hmm. kind of magazines were already kind of showing like hey this is cool too you can do this and well, here's this music and these bands and mm -hmm. you know i wonder if surfing magazines do the same i don't think so yeah. well you know and also there's like kids would take road trips to go to skate ramps in other cities and i mean surfers do that too but it was you know you were sleeping on kids floors and couches and the whole tie-in with punk rock and skateboarding kind of you know, basically well, incorporating you know, two different ways. I mean, it's one of those things where none of us sitting here really, you know, yeah. it could be the same way now. Yeah. You, know, you don't so, know. I mean, because we definitely, when I graduated, maybe it's, it's all kind of a long it. Tim story, but when I graduated from high school, we went to the West Coast surfing. Because I, I did. I grew up surfing on the, on the Gulf Coast of Texas. And, uh, and we came up here to go surfing. That's why I started skating, was because mm -hmm. I couldn't, when I went to school, I couldn't go surfing every day. So yeah. I started skateboarding. And, um, but, uh, 
when we came up here, I like didn't really read those magazines or anything. Right. And I thought, well, what, what year was this? This is like '74. I graduated yeah. in '74 from high school. I'm like, and I came up here thinking sunny California, and right. like I didn't bring a wetsuit or anything. I thought yeah. the water was like warm and. Mm-hmm. And the friend that I came with, uh, everybody had nicknamed Bear uh-huh. because he would like in the coldest winter days at home, he would go out without a wetsuit. Uh-huh. Tough, know. tough guy. So we the first place we get to, you couldn't if you had Texas plates back then. It may still be this way, but at the time, localism was really bad. So if you had Texas plates, you were couldn't you in go. Or where were you? you couldn't go any further south, like Huntington and further south. Yeah. You couldn't surf if you had Is Texas. That, so plates. it was like Rich's older brothers or something. Yeah. Like slasher <laughs> so they had slasher tires and all that kind of stuff. So we were at Malibu. That was the first place we stopped at. And I remember getting it was real early in the morning, and we got out, and everybody's got the hood sweatshirts on and stuff, and I'm just thinking, man, it's cold, you know, kind of thing. And like, and I see people in wetsuits. I'm just thinking shit you know kind of and victor or bear that's what it was uh tells me that he's got his in the trunk mm-hmm. and then i can wear his that's i think nice cool you know kind of thing so and he goes out in the water and literally I, I mean if you had tv you could see what i'm doing he goes into <laughs> ankle deep water yeah i mean literally just steps into the water turns around comes back puts on the whole wetsuit and i've never seen this ever yeah. this guy in wet and i was just like oh man oh wait. yeah so the next day i had like all this money i'd gotten from graduation that i was going to buy a new surfboard with mm-hmm. i bought a wetsuit mm-hmm. and i bought a skateboard because they just come out with urethane wheels and that's yeah. what i yeah, yeah that's, that's what changed skateboarding the is the urethane wheels yeah that the moment did. the moment Tim Kerr bought your thing <laughs> changed skateboarding I, forever. I changed music. <laughs> I did it all, man. Yeah. I think well. they should go back to clay wheels. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Okay. Somebody well. told me they are doing this crazy thing now where a bunch of people are riding like these really small boards again. Yeah. Do you know about that? I saw Neil Bunder do that once on a skating basically a two by four. But <laughs> so are you guys are you guys saying that yes, skateboarding did? influence where you're well, at maybe yeah yeah and okay. you know right with it was punk and weird music and yeah but they were all kind of one and the same back back yeah. when yeah, that all started i guess but uh well, i mean the thing that's that you don't see like it's creative bmxers you know what i mean no, where's the snowboarders <laughs> that, like, no. are doing rad stuff you're gonna get a bunch of calls so you guys like watch them. <laughs> in addition though so you guys started off skateboarding that was rich jacobs that just <laughs> <laughs> you guys started off skateboarding but now you're now you're making skateboards which yeah. is kind of weird right like uh you, you just made some boards for crooked yeah. i think or skate skateboarding it's interesting to me how it remains sort of vital still. I mean, it's gone through so many phases. It's been on ESPN. Yeah. But somehow there's still kids that put in energy and make it rad. And, you know, I, I think there's still good energy. I think the most vital thing happening is, like, the whole, like, uh, DIY movement with skate parks. Like, how yeah. kids are just, yeah. you know, taking concrete under a bridge and, and building their own park. You know, that, so which okay. is really amazing. Now amazing. I'm going to go on a rant. Because this Go. is why, if there's, <laughs> a, if there's anybody out here building parks that's going to ever listen to this thing, build some ditches, put yeah. some banks in there. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like they, they you completely leave out. You either have the flat and the rail stuff, yeah. or you have vertical. Put and in a you're freestyle totally area. Leaving out, like <laughs> all the old park. Well, seriously, all the old old parks would have that basin yeah. kind of tub thing, and yeah. it would and it would be the freestyle area because there was a big flat area in the bottom. <laughs> but it was like. You know, no matter how deep or steep it was, you could still lip slide. You could do all this stuff and not hang up on the lip. And you could literally, like, start. It's great. And it's, yeah. and to me, that's that's the middle ground. That's where yeah. kids that are trying to learn how to skate vert can learn. And you can do boneless. And it's so much more fun. And I'm just, with you. 
Yeah, and it sucks that they don't build. It just drives me nuts. And somebody told me one time that there was a guy that actually did, like, build a park with a bunch of that stuff or had it designed. You know what, though? And all the new skater kids were sitting around looking at it going, well, what do we do? Maybe it's good that it's not in parks because it makes kids go try to explore and find them, you know, like we did. All right. Go drive around and find them. Let's take a music break and regroup. (laughs) All right. This is some Sunra. This is a boring podcast. (laughs) Where's the music at?
some some sunrock it's kind of fading out in the back there but uh all right we have one question okay here. we have a question from glenn manders from bad teeth art and design in australia hello good day <laughs> uh and he is asking i'm looking for similar music to what tim and rich have been making i've always liked tortoise ida plus mike kinsella's work uh and it just goes on talking about that so he's asking us to name stuff that we're listening to lately how much time we got here, folks? <laughs> uh, if For me, if you want to hear like really great acoustic kind of type stuff, uh, Bert Yanch is really great, John Martin is really great, Nick Drake, uh, all the early kind of stuff of them. Uh, the later stuff eh, gets a little bit more produced, but the early stuff's really, really good. Uh, Davy Graham is who all of those guys were influenced from, and uh, his stuff is really, really great. Where was he from? England. 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 And uh, he's he's pretty much he's still alive, but he's taken so much drugs. So he, he he's before Nick Drake. Then yeah, he would, seriously he influenced. They'll they'll tell oh. you he's like, and if you ever hear him, and there's a story about uh, um, the John Mayle when he was doing the Blues Breakers mm -hmm. and stuff, and doing all the Eric Clapton and all that. Right. He didn't want Eric Clapton; he wanted David Graham because ah. David Graham was doing more. He was kind of throwing in jazz and all kinds of just wow. odd chords and things with what. Middle really, East really cool <laughs> stuff. And, uh, and, stuff and there's a really there's a um, there's a thing on BBC about a, a radio show called Whatever mm -hmm. Happened to Davy Graham. And there's a really great interview. And at one point, they're asking some guy, uh, or some guys talking, saying that um, you know that people are always saying that Davy Graham fell over the edge. You know, he lost it. He fell over the edge. But I'm not real sure you can fall over the edge when you don't know where it is. That's what they're saying. So that's great. So, and then a real good friend of mine, Josh LaRue, if you like Tortoise, he does really great guitar stuff. And he plays with that band called Him that's really great. Not the, not the, I think there's two hymns now. But it's the one with the guy that drummed from June of 44. And they're kind of more Fela and, and uh, Tortoise-y kind of. They're really cool. Really cool band. And uh, uh, Mice Parade is really cool. And uh, and then jazz-wise, of course, Coltrane, like the Africa record, Pharaoh Sanders stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, I could go on and on. I listen to Copeland. I listen to all kinds of old Irish stuff. I listen to all kinds of uh, old time. Uh, I I don't know. Lots of stuff. I mean, if you've got more questions, just write cool. in. I, uh, I would say for me to add to that, probably... Uh, Harry Parch. Harry Parch, <laughs> John Fahey, um, Faust, the band This Heat from England. Um, we're doing a lot of really, really interesting, amazing instrumental cut-up stuff and a lot of manipulations. Kind of predates like any Chicago stuff by 20 years, basically. Huh. But um, I would say <coughs> Sir Richard Bishop, the guitarist from Sun City Girls, amazing guitar player, Sandy Bull, um, Robbie Boschow. There's you know there's endless amounts of Hans Reichel, Derek Bailey. There's mm -hmm. people that knew what they were doing with guitar, for sure. A lot more than I do. Tim's one of them. He's sitting next to me. <laughs> but there's... I'm sitting here. <laughs> Jack Rose is an amazing guitar player. And he's contemporary. He's like, you know, about my age. But he is ruling it on guitar. Yeah. But there's... there. You know, that's for guitar stuff. If you want instrumental stuff, check out... I don't know, Battles is pretty mind-blowing. Huh. From... Uh, 
New York. This guy's from Don Caballero and the drummer okay. for yeah. Helmet. Yeah, that guy. Is that the one that's got the guy from yeah. uh, the son of... Uh, Anthony Braxton's Anthony son Braxton. is in it. Yeah. They're pretty mind-blowing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think the best thing to do with music is keep your ears open. There's always something awesome happening. If you if you listen close, you'll find well, it. Well, and the other thing, too, is to ask. You know, ask people yep. all the time and just be, just try. Like, listen to all kinds of stuff because you'll yeah. be really surprised at some of the things <clears throat> that you thought you might not like. You may find something, you know, there's yep. some really great classical stuff. There's a lot of really great, you know, 20th century composer stuff that's mm-hmm. yep. influenced a lot of these people. I mean, it's always been funny to me that a lot of the garage bands will really scoff at the idea of you know jazz and jazz being part of garage or punk rock or anything and then just literally glorify mc5 who are basically playing pharaoh sanders yeah, they'll tell you they're playing Fer- they've you know, got bongos just, i mean it's almost being like disrespectful to the band right. that you're glorifying totally. you know, if, you're ta- if you're saying just, you know, so, yeah, yeah i mean sure. it's just amazing sure. to me so. i'd say you know there's a there's a cool band that has really rad energy from la uh, called No Age too. Yeah, yeah. Kids. I don't know. I mean, there's there's stuff happening everywhere. You know. So m- music is a big part of your guys. You know, inspiration well, and, and, and like uh, fuel for what you do. Isn't? I mean, in your work, you guys are always doing portraits of you know like. Well, I can't get this off, but if you could see <laughs> this, uh, the, my th- I just got a tattoo that says uh, um, "Life goes on without effort when I'm filled with music." So uh, is that your quote? Is that your? <laughs> no, that's uh, George O'Keefe. Okay. Right, so. Okay. But uh, so I, anyway, so obviously music is a big part of your guys, you guys' inspiration, and you even like you know draw pictures and you know paint pictures of music and musicians and. Um Someone's firing up a fax over here. Oh, we got, we got a question. <laughs> it's a guy from Australia. So <laughs> <laughs> Good day. Hot <laughs> off the presses. Is there any galleries in Australia? <laughs> but uh, send us over. Now the other thing I was going to say that because. Uh, Rich was talking about, you know, kids playing now and stuff. One thing that happens to me that kind of depresses me is that a lot of people, like, you know, my age, older, younger, whatever, keep acting like they've missed the whole thing with hardcore and DIY and, like, they didn't get to see it and they Mm -hmm. missed it and all this kind of stuff. And the deal is, I, I swear to God, if you just go to some show that somebody's putting on yeah. one of these kids that's not in a club that's in some kid's basement like in a you know someplace else other than a club mm-hmm. and the band's on the floor with everybody and playing that's what it was like that's it yeah you know, it's you're like not it's you're not, not big on nostalgia you're kind of like you feel that really. today is, is equally as important as as you know I don't, years really, ago. I don't really go to the punk rock reenactment, so. No, I, I, I stand, I, yeah, not to get too much myself, with the exception, you know. I did go see Naked Raygun last night, but. Here's know. a here's a question from Jordan Hortzman in, uh, looks like, uh, Texas. He says, hi, I'm a graphic design student at Shriner University in Kersville, Texas. Kerrville, Texas. Kerrville, Texas. Yeah. I wondered how you guys felt about doing art in Texas as most of the scenes seems to be out of the west coast do you think it helped or hindered you to be away from that um i think that i I think that if you kind of get in the attitude of sun ra and uh basically not of your world then none of that stuff affects you and that's basically how you should i mean that's how all the diy stuff started and everything it was basically just doing something with you and your friends and all that and it turned into what it turned into and i think that if you're you know judging or doing something on the criteria that somebody else has set 
then you might want to rethink what you're doing there because it should just be coming from you and you shouldn't really worry about any of that stuff you know it's not kind of missed the boat too and especially too with the internet and all that it's like you know you're not just texas anymore although texas is you know world (laughs) worldwide you know hell yeah people probably listen to this (laughs) in australia but uh yeah so um there's a really great, there's a, uh, the Makers, that band from Seattle. They were a really wonderful band. They were giving my wife a whole bunch of trouble one night, and they were all getting drunk. <laughs> and they were saying that, what is it about Texas? Why are people from Texas are always going around going, I'm from Texas. You know, it's like, what the, we don't walk around going, we're from Washington State, you know, kind of <laughs> thing. Like, what the deal? So just giving her all kinds of trouble. And so she went home, and there was a cartoon in the paper. And the paper, basically what it was, was it was a little boy and his dad and another guy. And the little boy goes up to the, the guy and goes, hi, where are you from? And the, the father is looking down at the little boy going, son, don't ask the man that, because if he's from Texas, he'll tell you. And if he's not, don't embarrass him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, it's probably your, your, your forebearers fall with that, you know, don't mess with Texas <laughs> state <laughs> slogan. I blame it on Zorlak. Zorlak, uh, too, the fuck yeah, you were from Texas thing. That, that probably didn't help either. But you know, um, <laughs> Bam Mother Goose was playing in L.A., and me and Alvin had on a Fuck You Were from Texas shirt when we were walking in there doing the sound check stuff, and the other band that I can't remember what the who they were, but it's like Chili Peppers kind of type clone uh-huh. band from L.A., literally got unbelievably mad yeah. and just really pissed off uh-huh. about it, and were just kind of challenging us and just going, what? What are we supposed to say? Fuck you, we're from California. What? You know, kind of th- I mean, it was amazing. You huh. know, we're just like, it's just I got a, a question. shirt. Like <laughs> I have a question for Tim. What What? What do you think accounts? Well, you got to fax it or call in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to mimeograph this question yeah. to you, actually. Um, <laughs> Morse code. Exactly. I'm going to tap it on the table. Um, I wanted to ask you what you thought accounted for all the weird bands being from Texas. like un- water. Unparalleled. <laughs> like, Buttle Surfers, The Dicks, like you know bobby socks <laughs> like all well, because there never was a, a set i mean there, people have written this down in those books yeah. before there wasn't really ever a, a you know that whole idea of who made the rules totally stuck down there so yeah. there wasn't really like a, a you know thing that you had to do there wasn't a formula that you were following you could pretty much as long as it was something that you really wanted to do and it was coming from the heart yeah you pretty much were accepted, you know, as it. So you got all these different kinds of bands and that, that you know, Buttholes didn't sound anything like the Dicks, who didn't yeah. sound anything like the Big Boys, who didn't yeah. sound anything like the VR, you know, just all yeah. of that. I always I always appreciated that about Texas. And an interesting parallel, too, I think, to think about is so many of those bands ended up moving here to San Francisco. Oh, yeah, MDC, wonder, right? Well, because Austin was kind of always thought of as like a little San Francisco. It was like yeah. a lot more open kind of. Well, how whatever. about... Uh, Probably don't like to talk about this story, but didn't when, when HR didn't he say something like uh, that Austin was worse than? Oh, are worse? We, we were Babylon. We were worse yeah, than San Francisco. Yeah, we were way more homosexual than the, Austin. The, <laughs> if you look at the if you look at the lullabies record, and you see, there's all kinds of uh, that's another thing that people don't really understand about a lot of all the old hardcore stuff is there's a lot of shout outs going on to people, yeah. and there's a lot of kind of inside. Oh, for sure. You know, and tight knit like, community. And if you see uh, like on the the lullabies thing the first thing you'll see at the top is yes kids we're from babylon and that's literally oh. where it's coming from oh, all that, that bad was, brain oh, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah. that kind of 
And that whole, you know, in the cafeteria record where that little kid standing uh-huh. in front with Corey on the name, uh-huh. that, that's for Corey. He's now doing uh, touch and go and okay. stuff. You know, it wow. just goes on and on or something. I mean, if people don't know the story, I think it was something where... Uh, oh, that's not good in that. That's like okay. way too long. All right, we won't <laughs> go into it. We were pretty we'll much s- the demise of the bad brain. We'll, s- we'll leave it at that. Skip that <laughs> one. But uh, anyway, okay, so I, I just kind of had uh, one more sort of question, and uh, I think maybe you guys can play some music for us. But um, I, I guess just kind of um, well, both both of your parents were, were teachers, is that right, Tim? Like yep. or in education. Uh, uh, elementary school librarian, elementary school principal, and both my brothers were coaches. Okay. So. Do you, Do you think that maybe that um, like I, I you know I look at the work that you do and all the you know the the people that you're you're putting on the walls and it's almost like a history lesson, you know. Um, that mean like what's what's your intention is it just to is it to educate people or is it sort of to pay homage or what do you think uh what uh, it's kind of like all that stuff it's mainly just planting seeds planting and, and, used to and, put them on flashcards and it's corny <laughs> it's kind of corny to say this but it really is true so i don't care so, <laughs> so but it, it's just going through all the stuff that i've gone through which isn't necessarily unique Mm -hmm. but that i just have been through all of that sure i once again like we were talking about earlier i see that you really can influence somebody and you just don't even know when or where or what you know kind of thing so if that's the case and now all these people are starting to like brian and dora were actually the first people that live here now to ask me to be in a show like three or four years ago mm-hmm. and up until then I'd been in I'd been in a couple of shows before the whole music thing started mm-hmm. and then I just kind of got caught up with all the music stuff so <clears throat> now that I'm getting asked I'm kind of glad that it's happening now instead of <clears throat> back then because of what we're talking about mm-hmm. and the idea is that now if I'm gonna put something out there, I want to try to be some sort of a positive mm-hmm. seed to somebody yeah. if it happens. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying I am going to be. I'm just saying, you know, if I can just put some stuff out there that's positive, mm-hmm. then maybe somebody will look at it and go, "Oh yeah, I could do that," or "Oh yeah," right. and that's that's kind mm-hmm. of the point of what's going on with them and why I do who I do and stuff. And anyone that's I, ever met Tim, I think, knows that that anything he basically uh, puts out there is is like that so but i think i think you know (laughs) i'm positive he put it out in the same same right i think rich is doing the same stuff you know i think i think you guys you know with with we were separated at birth yeah curating your shows you know you're both like i said you're instigators of creativity and you know uh uh, supporting people out there you know which is i just feel lucky that that it, we know about this stuff and that we're able to see it and hear it and uh, talk about it, you know. Yeah. There's there's a lot of people that don't, for whatever reason, even know about it or care, you know, and, and that's fine. Not mm-hmm. everyone does care about this stuff, but uh, I just feel really stoked and, and humbled to know about it, and I, I feel like it's the least I could do to help other people learn about it in some way. And not, not that I view myself as anyone that knows anything more than anyone else. It's just that uh, I do see things and i want other people to to be able to to get inspired and feel what i feel when i see it sometimes well rad i'm gonna play one more big boy song and then maybe you guys can play some of uh your music how do you feel about that that's cool cool you should play vernacular at some point too you know
Hello, hello, hello. Actually, you can play it while we're uh, all right. All this stuff. All right. Going. This. Oh, How do you do? Are this? we alive? Yeah, one sec. Okay. All right. Oh, we're having te- <laughs> we're having yep. technical. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The guys are they're they're gearing up for getting down, brothers. So um. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play a song that that Tim wants to play here. And uh, who is this? Maybe you should introduce okay, this one. Okay, this Tim. is a band called Vernacular, and it's Chris and Lawrence who are also in a really great band called This Moment in Black History. Oh, I guess I should be talking over here instead of in stereo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is a really really great band, and Lawrence is singing, and he's got an amazing voice. And so, where are they from? Uh, they're from Cleveland. Cleveland, Rock City. Rock City. Okay, now hopefully this will work. All right, hit it. The blood. Oh, I know it was the blood. Said I know it was the blood for me. And I tell you that one day when I was lost, don't you know that he died upon the cross? I'm saying, don't you know? Don't you know? Don't you know that he he died upon that cross? Ooh, one day. Christian that in the black millennium age there existed an addiction to blood among its people thousands of slaves 
visited upon them a curse that they should live forever. Unless the shadow of the cross and implement a torture touched their darkened hearts. But oh, but oh, but oh, in Christ, Christ had not come yet. And the cross did not exist. Don't you know, don't you know, they were caused to walk the earth. Till the Christians came, till the Christians came, till the Christians came. professional crew here definitely <laughs> <laughs> nothing with the highest amount of sophistication that's at all right time. Man, you should see this place it's amazing there's art everywhere it's exactly <laughs> like the it's exactly like the web page yeah, yeah. this room's solid gold actually yeah um so the question is can we say hi to kanan <laughs> he lives in san dimas and he loves equal face isn't that where encino man's from i don't know hmm Okay. Hi. <laughs> I guess that's the question. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to... It's come to the time where... You're famous. You're now famous. Tim and Rich are going to play some music.
roar. <laughs> Is that song have a name? No. No, no name. You can write in and get Untitled number one. It's called, hey, will you please say my name on this? <laughs> <laughs> the song is called Canaan. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, All right. what do you want to do? Chime one? Next one's called San Dimas. San Dimas. <laughs> want to do the chime one or the... Uh, So, um, you you had that part in that crooked and video. That was Andrew too. playing the cell phone. That was me. Did you like that? That's my specialty. <laughs> they call me like once when they're on stage to, to come in and do that. But uh. you've been listening to a fecalface.com interview with uh, Tim Kerr and Rich Jacobs, 
It was uh, recorded uh, December 6th in San Francisco, California, in the Mission District, and uh, Andrew Scott from Needles and Pens was doing the interview. Thanks to everyone who came out and who listened and whatever. Bye.